Hello, and welcome to the Consider Your Mind podcast. I'm your host, Eric King, and along with my co-host, Mino Pachan, we're here to talk about all things mental health. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Consider Your Mind podcast. I'm your gracious host, Eric King, and I'm joined by, you know, the fam, bro, my co-host, Mr. Moore Beat, Stephen Moore. What it do, bro? What it do? What it do? What up, though? How's everybody doing? Yeah, for sure, man. I'm trying to be like you. Y'all can't see him right now. My man is bathrobed up, do rag on, looking <laughs> too comfortable right now, man. I'm like, sheesh. Oh, man, looking like Stephen Hefner up in here. Uh, <laughs> Playboy. You got over here dying. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, hey, man. But thanks for rocking with us another episode, man. Um, yeah, you know, it's man. been a little bit, man. It's been a couple weeks, you know. Hey, we've been yeah, grown, man, sure. dealing with real life and the holidays, you know. Happy Thanksgiving yes. to everybody. You know, we're Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Yeah, yeah. And of course, immediately the next day, you know, not even the end of Thanksgiving. It's Black Friday, another holiday, Christmas, you know, yep. the disrespect of Thanksgiving. Immediately move on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, you're done. We got uh, all of this other stuff coming on right now. For real, for real, man. Stores changed over quick. Um, yeah, man. Yep, Mariah Carey was on the radio. We heard her. She's back. Oh, she'd, be, she'd be waiting song. for this time of year. I'm trying oh, to yeah. tell you, eating, eating Eat. heavy, man. But um, but yeah, man. So a lot of stuff has happened since um we last um uh, you know got with y'all. One of the things that was going on in my life in the previous episodes we was you know getting to that car accident. You was going through some car accidents as well. Oh yeah, me too. Um, yeah, man. And so you know now I just got a new car. You know, um, a little twenty twenty one uh twenty one thing. Skirt. So you know what I'm saying skirt, skirt. back out here. You know, hey, yeah, I feel real safe too. It's one of, <laughs> you know these new cars got safety features. They damn near drive themselves. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah man. You know, so so that'll be nice. You know, picking up the little man with that. Um, and yeah, man, just, you know, year end crunches, all my working people out there, you know how it is. Vacations are coming up, projects yeah. are due, end reports, man. So, you know, we're just getting it in, man. So, yeah, man, that's real. That's real. That boy hit that business right there. Hey, end year reports. Uh-huh. Hey, y'all know what it is. Yeah, this grown yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> mental health, you see? Yeah, this show is about mental health because it's stuff yes. like that. Then you're in reports. Um, and you know what? It's crazy because around this time of year, I start thinking about seasonal depression. Um, mm. I start thinking about people who lost family members and very now they're spending so. these holidays without um, a very important piece in their family. So um, around this time of year, my heart really goes out to a lot of people, man. I'm truly grateful to have everything that I do. And I think uh, this Thanksgiving just kind of made me reflect on that, man. Just truly being thankful for everything that I have um, and, and really uh, thanking my God for everything that I have, you know, um, bittersweet, whatever. I'm sorry, man. This is got, got a little serious right there. There you man. go, man. Take it, take it to church one time, bro. Yeah, you know, man. So. I got in that thankful mood right quick. Like, yeah. hey. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. You know, that's good for your mental health people yeah. uh, to be yeah, thankful. Man. Um, because, uh, there are some people, you know, if you, you were able to spend the holidays with your loved ones, you know, there's some people out here, um, you know, have some loved ones that are passed or no longer going to be with them here, um, this year, you know? And so people, um, again, I'm so glad you mentioned seasonal depression because, yeah, you know, one of my, you know, when I went to college, a lot of the people, the black people there were from the Caribbean and, you know, Africa and stuff like that. And so they're used to the sun all year round. And so wintertime comes and, you know, the, you know, Minnesota and that sun oh, is yeah. low. It's not a lot of sun. A lot of them, oh, again, yeah. that's, that's when I first learned about seasonal depression and some of them would have special lamps in their rooms to like give off UV rays and things like that, yes. you know, yes. to, you know, brighten their mood. Cause it's something, again, you kind of take for granted if you're used to that environment and then you yep. come up to the great white North 
And I remember one of the <laughs> one of the homies, Patton, man, he was from the Bahamas, bro. He said, I'm convinced your son does not work. You know, <laughs> he said, Your son don't work. I said, Dad, because it can be bright and sunny again. Yeah, yeah. Real bright outside, sun is right there. And ain't no warmth coming off that thing, man. So <laughs> that was confusing to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it he don't like work, somebody man. broke somebody broke the sun over here. Somebody <laughs> broke y'all sun, bro. So yeah, that imagery. You know, shout out to my yeah. island folks, man. I don't blame y'all for moving back. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Big shout out to uh, all the, all my island folks, man. Too. Um, I was hanging out with my partner from Jamaica the other night. Shout out to you, mugs. Um, everybody, go to Eden Prairie Shopping Center, Soul Stadium. Check out his kicks. Um, kicking it with him, man. He's a really good dude. We just went and watched the Timberwolves game, man. It was awesome, dude. Oh, okay, that... guy, mugs, man. Big shout out uh, to mugs. Happy birthday, bro. That's what's up, man. That's who you went to the game with. Again, he was telling me you went to the game before this. Ah, okay. Yeah. Kicking yeah. it with the Jamaicans, man. Yeah, so, man. Okay, now you got a little promotion at the job. Respect, so now Juan. you know. Yeah. yeah respect. Okay. Respect. Now you're sitting, now you're sitting courtside with the, yeah. the island folk. You know, that, that one expression got more jobs than a Jamaican, you know. So I know the yeah. man hustling. He got... <laughs> you already know. Uh, you already for know. Sure, for sure. But yeah, see, right, that take me back to like Busta Rhymes days. You know what mm. I mean? If yeah. you really want to party with me, uh, yeah, people man, ain't really real. know, man. People need, to, people need to do a versus with him. That's a complete sidebar. Versus with Ooh. Busta, man. Hook him up with somebody, man. Come on, bro. Bro, who? On, I uh, I don't know if people going to have. That's, that, that's for that's the next one. That's, that's, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, that's let's talk about it podcast. If you know, <laughs> okay. you know. If you don't, you better find out about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yes, I, but, but, you know, hey, back to the uh, topic at hand, the Consider Your Mind yes. podcast. We're, we're about all things mental health, and today is no different. And we wanted to kind of expand on something that – um. You know, you touched on last time we were on the air, which is some, you know, I brought up the idea of authenticity versus attachment, which I do want to do a full episode on. But you kind of um, said that, you know, that's something that you've been working on with your therapist was, you know, some attachment, you know, issues. And so, um, and, you know, as people have heard previous episodes, I'm going to be doing with some work with Codependence Anonymous, Coda. Shout out to my homegirl, Danae. We just talked yesterday. And yeah. so, um, again, those attachment things. So. I think this is a perfect time to kind of delve into that, you know, family season, holiday season, all this stuff around, you know, how, how those attachments in life, you know, really um, affect us. Yeah. You, you know, um, thank you, Eric. Like you said too, man, me and my therapist were uh, uh, diving into that, not to get you guys too deep into me and my therapy chair. Uh, maybe save that for That's a different right. show. That's right. That's <laughs> right, man. Don't let these people in your business like that. You know, ain't pay for all that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's coming soon. Um, um, some of the symptoms of attachment issues was uh, difficult forming emotional bonds to other people, and that that was that was for real, for real for me because I moved around a lot, you know. Um, and it was difficult to develop a, a, a real tight relationships with people long term. You know what I mean? Everything felt so disposable and so uh short term mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know what i mean um yeah kind of like so, i think i've heard that with like military kids obviously being yes around yes a lot. it was it was a form of um uh, being like a military brat you know what i mean um which was kind of tough but uh that was one of those things that that can, can that that uh, contribute to um attachments symptoms of attachment issues uh Limit, limited experience of positive em emotions. Now, you know, uh, I came from a, a, a Baptist church, you know what I mean? Like a, a traditional 
black. You came, family. you came from the church. From the church, like a traditional church. That that culture. I shouldn't say black. I should mm-hmm. just say you know. Yeah, I'm culture. Yeah, let me clean that up. About. Right. You know what I mean. A different culture. You know. So there was a lot of positive love, like emotions, but um, I think not without getting too deep in, in my own um, stuff here. Uh, <laughs> There was a lot of negative situations that happened that I seen at a young age. Um, and I think that also could contribute to having some attachment. And I mean, attachment doesn't necessarily have to mean you're attached to a person, right? You know, like a kid can get attached to his baby blanket. You know, um, there's different yep, yep. ways that that looks. You yep, know what yep. I'm saying? Um, and I think for me, uh, uh, my comfort, where my comfort zone and stuff was. Um, to getting high. So like whether it was drinking, um, or, or like getting validation, you know what I mean? I was kind of attached to some of these things, which were, you know I mean? A, a negative characteristic, um, mm-hmm. or character. Yeah. Characteristic. Um, so yeah, you know, um, discover these things about me. And like, I always talk about man is staying self-aware, um, and being diligent. So, um, I know these things about myself. So, um, not saying that everything will change, but I mean, now I can address it. Now I can start taking steps to addressing it. And, um, one of the things that we say a lot in in, in AA, you know, is progress, not perfection. So Mm. not holding myself to a certain standard and realizing that it's progress. It's going to take some time. You know, um, it's not just going to be perfect overnight where I wake up and um, I'm free of of negative characteristics. You know what I mean? Or character traits of of myself that I don't like. You know, Uh, I've heard like the the perfect is the enemy of the good. You know, Mm, that's a bar. I like that. I, I wish, I, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I wish I could take credit. I know I got that from somebody. Um, yeah, but yeah, the perfect is the enemy of the good. You know, progress, not perfection. I like that uh, because otherwise you can get stuck in that, and it can really, yeah. you know, if you're if you're waiting for everything to be perfect in your life to you know go ahead and live, then you're never gonna live. Um, if you're waiting for the perfect time to go ahead and get therapy, the perfect time to go ahead and start working out, the perfect time to go ahead and do whatever it is, there's gonna be no perfect time. Um, yeah, you know, this world is always changing. The only constant is change. So, and does that have something to do with like again? Uh, you know, obviously you you know AA, you know hook our AA plug, our Alcoholics yeah, Anonymous man. plug. So you give me the your insight. local uh, neighborhood recovering alcoholic here. You feel me? Just in case anybody <laughs> needs me, hey, reach out to my man, Mister More Beats. You know, yeah, he can relate to you. But when it when it comes to that, is that kind of the, has to do with like the steps? You know, I've heard like again, you know. We'll get into it a little bit later with codependency. They have 12 steps too. And it's like you can get stuck in like the first three, or like, you know, it's not until like the fifth step, you know, yeah. you can go round and round, you know, those first few steps quite a bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, uh, we see it, a, or I, I see it a lot in, in AA um, mm-hmm. where people will hit them first three steps and be like, all right, I'm good. Because you start to see a little change, man, after those first three, mm-hmm. you know, and you're kind of like, oh, I'm good. You know what I mean? Here we go. Uh, I got this. Yeah. You know um, what? I think yeah. that I think that's that's the danger that I have. When I see a little bit of success, it's easy for me to get lax. Oh yeah. That, yeah. You know what? So I don't know if anybody else is guilty of that too. You know, I, I don't I don't need to be praised too too much because then I, <laughs> I need some yeah. pressure on me. You know. <laughs> Things you hey, learn you about know, yourself. <laughs> they say they pressure builds pipes or either or, or pressure mm-hmm. breaks pipes or either makes diamonds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, man. But something that you mentioned earlier too, like, you know, even, you know, going, maybe kind of led you down that path, you know, to alcoholism, you know, doing things, going out, hanging with people, you know, doing things, you know, for acceptance, you know, necessarily. And so, you know, um, yeah. I remember I was hearing something, uh, you know, again, shout out Gabra Masi, but it was like, how many times have we suppressed your true self to be accepted? You know, losing touch with your authenticity, with your authenticity for the sake of, you know, acceptance. You know, you know, uh, uh, that is yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. That is so good. Uh, we were talking about this too, the the same type of situation I was having a conversation. And me and my therapist like to call it uh, taking the mask off. You know, um, how often do we get and well, I'm gonna just speak for me, you know, um, moving around a lot as a kid and everything. I never was it was hard for me to be my authentic self. I was always trying to fit in. You know what I mean? Um, no one wants to be ostracized. Right. Especially as a at a young age. Yeah. So, you need that attachment. You know, need is so that, much realer when you're younger. You know, exactly. And especially too. you know, if you, if you come from a large family, um, you might not get as many looks your way, you know, when you're, uh, it, 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 all kids get it, whether you're the oldest, middle child, young, whatever. Um, if, if you come from a large family too, it's easy to, uh, feel like you've been overlooked too, you know, and Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> and, and you also know what too, you guys know, you know, I have, uh, uh, my daughter's a little older. Um, I think with teenagers at some point, you know, your parents is you, you always look at the parents as the bad guy, which is uh, I, I, I don't know why this was what it is, but it always seems like you could do everything. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. at some point, that kid is going to look at you and be mad. Like, this, <laughs> uh, look at him. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, he think he, you. you know what I mean? Like, there, at yeah. some point, I feel you don't like know anything, happens. man. You're out of touch. There's yeah. No need to, yeah. You know, yeah. no need to argue. Parents just don't understand. You know? Exactly. That was even think, before my time, but it was a relatable thing. Clearly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think that that goes on from time to, you know, just generation to generation. Um, but making it through it though, or whatever. Oh, but yeah, it's like I said, you you, you know, um, growing up, nobody wants to feel ostracized or, or, or different so uh i spent a lot of time trying to fit in um with different groups whether it was white kids black kids gators nerds uh jocks uh, uh gangsters whatever you know what shout I mean? out to the skaters man they had the most comfortable <laughs> shoes skater shoes are, I, dude skaters out, when i was in when i was in my skate going through my skater phase that was probably the most comfortable uh fits that i used to have the jenkos um oh yeah the vans and at Got that my time, vans I, honestly, on, but they look like I'm gonna, sneakers. I'm gonna be for real. We it was air walks, bro. I, oh, I yes. had air walks, uh, because it was cheap. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you, you know, what I mean, it was there was cheap. definitely and air walks. Issues. So, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, trying to fit in, man. And mm-hmm. at what point do you start to lose yourself, you know, yep. being putting on all of these different masks? Um, and I think what happened with me was um, I never addressed this situation. I never addressed this condition that I was going through because I didn't know, you know, I mean, not, not, nobody's checking. You don't got information about this. Or and if you do, you're that young. You don't care about really listening to it, you know. Um, but now as an adult and I have kids of my own and um, I I'm on a, a search and on a journey for information and and not just information, but how do I get information and apply it how do i use the in- information that i'm getting um so now that i'm i'm, I'm older mm-hmm. and my I, i'm growing and everything and i'm understanding it and i'm like man you know um i dealt with a lot of trauma 
growing up from that, not even really understanding what it was and never really understanding why I was doing certain things until, you know, like I tell my daughter, hindsight is 2020. So it becomes normalized. It becomes normalized. Exactly. Something I'm reading right now is like the myth of normal. You know, it's about toxic culture. You know, we're in a very toxic culture, but we become normalized by it. And so when our body reacts a certain way, or we're going through stresses, whatever it is, that's actually a normal response to the environment yes yes (laughs) yeah and but growing up in our culture we don't know what to call that we don't know what's happening so how we ended up acting out and um when you see these symptoms like i was talking with my therapist as well i was saying you know having different tools in your toolbox to deal with it you know um not it's not a one-size-fits-all tool you can't just develop one skill and be like yep that's gonna fix all my problems like <laughs> sound nice, don't it? Those those that's a yeah. hustle. You know, that that's yeah, an infomercial. Exactly. <laughs> you know, call me $9.99 for my yeah. free course on how to change your life. With just this one solution. So I no, know. but I mean, there's gonna be different ways to handle different situations and uh my attachment issues and feeling like I need to be attached. Um and let's call what it is attachment disorder, right? Um, you know, there's different mm-hmm, ways mm-hmm. Of, of dealing with it. Uh, and a lot of people too, and you're hearing it become a lot more of a thing now. People talk about their anxiety, you know, um, engaging in high risk, uh, uh, behavior such as substance abuse. That was completely me. I'm reading it right here. You guys. Yeah. 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 Hey, engaging in high risk behavior, such as substance abuse. Um, these are symptoms of attachment issues. Mm -hmm. Um, you know what I mean? And were, were you one of those guys? Have you always, again, I know you've been married for quite a while now, like, you know, oh, yeah. coming up on 20 years, but like before that, did you always have a girlfriend? Were you one of those type of dudes? Um, uh, Actually, no. Okay. Um, My man, just like me. See, I... we have the other issue we'll talk about later. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I t- well, I told you too. I moved, I moved around a lot. I was always the new dude. Yep, um, yep, yep, yep. You know, yeah. Uh, putting that mask on and then you know i was kind of familiar to some people and i think for the most part man my personality was just kind of um i didn't want to make too much noise so i tried to just blend in you know what i mean so i was constantly just like uh trying to conform with whatever was going on just and then i don't know at some point man i got older and i just kind of just lost it i just was kind of like started losing touch with reality yeah. Um, and crazy. we can lie to ourselves too and like you know cope you know justify it um you know reading this book um and you know it's kind of giving quotes and like kind of little phrases for you to identify throughout the book actually which is pretty interesting and one of them um you know was um as a child we moved a lot when i went to a new school i didn't feel good enough i was afraid that i, w- I wouldn't be liked so i told myself i didn't care and stayed away yep you know like a defense mechanism exactly, exactly. Around, i don't care what people think of me i don't care what people think of me why because like you know, you feel like you're unworthy anyway, right? Exactly. And you're moving a lot. You're okay. Yeah. And this is going to last a long in, in a year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be back in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. All right. The and then, or either in a year, I'll be back in New Jersey. You know, uh, shout out to Hoboken too. Uh, I miss Hoboken High. I wish I could go back and do my high school uh, all over again. I got a lot of regrets. Um, Shoot, I do not. But I it's not. Do nothing again. Nothing. It's not bad I regrets. I, I, I reg- and, and this ties into attachments a little bit too because I regret st- not staying connected with um a lot of these people a lot a lot of the people that I met in Hoboken. Um, it's That's been almost okay. 
It's been almost 20 years, and I know yeah. I'm kind of showing my age now. I graduated oh, high school, damn We grow. Yeah, we grow. I graduated high school about 20 years ago, um, and I, I don't think I really talked to anybody from my my graduation class and uh it was some really cool people in there man shout out to my my brother rob he was the twin tower uh he was the other half of my you know, they called us the twin towers because we both kind of tall um we both over six feet <laughs> in high school you know what i mean yeah in high school that was a big feet. deal sure in, in high school that was a huge thing me and him are both six two in high school um we ain't really growing much now but uh so people called us the twin towers um and I ain't play a lick of basketball either for people out there thinking. <laughs> he was at the basketball game as you heard courtside, but that's as close yeah. to the court as he comes. That's about, that's about as close as the court you're going to see me <laughs> courtside at the Timberwolves games. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm not much of a hooper. So me and him, we were into music. You know what I mean? We, we kind of listened to music. And Rob actually was um, very much of a Christian, right? Christian brother. Um, so, okay. I, you know, uh, that kept me out of a lot of trouble cause I was going back and forth, um, from Minnesota to, uh, New Jersey and, um, I was on trash. I ain't gonna lie. I was on trash. <laughs> so, uh, when I was coming out to New Jersey, my, the, the dude I met Rob, um, one of my best friends, man, I wish I was still connected with him, but, uh, he helped me make sure that I was on point, man. I went to, I went to a Spanish, like a Spanish church, um. My boy, my homeboy Rob is Dominican. I went to church and he the was, Iglesia. He was like translating yes. as the, the guy was the yes. uh, uh, preaching. He was translating, mm -hmm. and okay, that cool. was crazy. That was actually pretty cool, though. No nice. Like I miss those times. Um, but yeah, again, but, you said it has to do with the attachment. Yeah, holding on to those times again, reliving things, regretting. All that yeah, stuff, you know? yeah. There's a, a ton of regrets about uh, um, relationships that I still watch. Uh, I had. Um, and you know what though that was a part of um dealing with these these attachment issues i was acting out you know um but realizing this and and understanding it really helped me to move forward you know talking about it really helped me move forward this was no longer just a thought that was rattling around in my head and um allowing myself to rationalize it however i seen fit um i actually started talking about it and saying it out loud and um, being able to get a different perspective on it, you know, someone else's perspective on it saying, wow, you really, you know, um, give me their opinion. And this is a professional people. So this isn't just like your. Uh, <laughs> this isn't your, your local bartender, you know, the yeah, hood psychiatrist. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you know what? I know I, my, my dad is a barber. And I come from that culture, so I know sometimes people, when we open up, you know, to our, our, our uh, barber or hairstylist. It could feel like a therapy session. Um, I actually encourage that because the, you're, you're talking about a some in, in some form. But um, even here, what, what, what I say, mm -hmm. what Eric said, mm -hmm. you know, don't always hold people's um, um, responses and opinions as like medical advice. Um, you always want to make sure you're going to get a, a doctor's opinion or somebody with a, a some kind of degree and some kind of schooling behind them. Get their opinion as well. Absolutely. Hey, man, we're just some brothers on here in therapy. You know, yeah, that's man. It. Just we're trying just to encourage y'all to get in, in the, you know, <laughs> yeah. the mental we're health world. It, we're talking about it. You exactly. Know what I mean? Exactly. Um, uh, or as you say, what, one thing I love you say, you recover out loud. You're, yes. You know. For those who suffer in silence. I recover out loud for those who suffer in silence. Because I, I mean, sure. I remember being sure. there like mm -hmm. there was a, a there was a teetering point, right? 
where I was like, man, I ain't no alcoholic, right? There was that, you know, of course, I ain't no alcoholic. I don't even drink as much as uh, my uncle over here, you know? Uh, yeah, compared to the wine in the corner, I, I got my stuff together. Yeah, exactly. I, well, I still got my job. All my bills you know? are paid. You know what I mean? I'm, how can I be an alcoholic? Um, mm-hmm. I remember those days. Uh, but it, it it's that fine line, you know what I mean? Uh, and it can be hard to tell sometimes. Uh, but I re- I remember that uh, and that being a difficult point to admit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, you know, um, I think something you said, you know, um, yeah, you know, facing things, you know, um, not taking steps, not having to be perfect. Um, and one thing I've heard too is like, n- not everything um, can be fixed. That's a can be not everything that can uh, can be dealt with. That's addressed. But nothing that's not addressed will ever be dealt with. I think that was um it yeah, was a quote. Like I had it. I think it was um Alex ba- Alec Baldwin, I think. Maybe. Hey, people, Maybe. Y'all, we're not know. that great at quotes on this show, especially on the fly. That's just my thing. It just come to my head. I don't always quote them correctly, but y'all yeah. get the gist, you know what I'm saying? It's in my head. So, I get it. Yeah. But no, like um, I said. Me recovering out loud, so for those who suffer in silence, I remember when I was suffering, I was kind of on the edge, seeing somebody else going through it and saying, hey, man, listen, it ain't that bad. Look, um, I feel great. And this is, you know, uh, probably the best thing that ever happened to me. And, tra- and they were explaining, you know, seeing somebody to end, you know, also it being a black person. It was somebody who looked like me saying, hey, man. You know, I made it through it. It's all right. You know, um, deal with your deal with your stuff. So real, yeah, real talk. Somebody did it for me, and I just want to mm-hmm. pay it forward. So I'm like, I'm out loud about my recovery. You see me wearing um sober t-shirts and uh do I'm selling sober t-shirts and I'm a part of sober events. I'm I'm gonna be going to do some speaking engagements at different AA uh, meetings. So um if there's anybody listening okay. to this. Uh, who is my man gonna be on the chitlin circuit, right? Exactly. Hey, if you're in (laughs) AA, message me, man. I might pull up to your meeting and and do a little talk, uh, or something, or just come in and and listen. You know what I mean? For sure. I love to hear other people's stories, man. It it, it motivates me and it keeps me going. So, uh, let me know what AA meetings y'all go to. Um, I just switched my schedule. Thankful for uh, a, a promotion at work, so my schedule switched up a little bit. So, we are uh, moving on now. We moving up, man. Yeah, we're life is good. You know what I mean. Um, George and Wheezy up in this mother. My worst day sober beats my best day drunk any day. You know what I mean. Bars, <laughs> bars, people. You know this man was a rapper for real. For real, so, holler early. Yeah, for sure, man. But that's dope, man, because that kind of transitions into, like I said, I went to um. Um, uh, Codependence Anonymous, you know, went to like a little online event. Uh, we're kind of oh, getting, you went? It, well, yeah, it's an online thing. We're trying to, um, myself and Danae, as I mentioned, uh, Danae. Yo, Red, shout um, out to Danae. Yeah, um, yeah, Danae. You guys, that episode was amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. man, episode 38. Check it out, man. And so we're going to be working, and, and it just, again, perfectly, like you were saying, um, want to do more for people of color because just yes. as you said, just as in Alcoholics Anonymous, same thing in Coda. Codependence Anonymous, you know, there wasn't a lot of, you know, people of color there. When you know, you know, that's what, you know, you're going through it. And there, there are certain, you know, you know, know. Certain comfort levels and things like that when you're around people, um, you know, it look like you, you know, kind of gives you um, more of a boldness and um, yeah. trying to feel normal, like when you know, you're very uncomfortable. And so, yeah. you know, we're trying to, you know, do that. 
Um, and one thing she kind of pointed me to was this book called Peeling the Onion. You know, it's about Codependence Anonymous. I guess it's kind of their one of their manuals. And, you know, I'm reading this thing and and it kind of reminded me of the attachment things that you're going through. And, you know, and I'm glad you said you you can relate to me before prior to you being married, you weren't in a whole bunch of relationships, you know, all these long term things with people who you're mostly being single. And but I was, you know, kind of reading this thing and it was talking about, you know, the fears that we have, you yeah. know, um, like using these terms like uh, using the term uh, anorexia to describe it. So relationship oh, yeah. anorexia, yeah. you know, wow, yeah, exactly. Relationship. Dope, anorexia. You know? Yeah. It yeah, kind of gave yeah. it like that, like, huh, starved of that relationship. And what's the root of it is fear. So then within that, you know, fear of oh, it was like fear of sex, you know, fear of intimacy, fear of relationships, you know, on those different levels, you know, for whatever insecurity. And, you know, obviously, and like I said, they have the little quotes to kind of see if you relate to it. And I said one earlier, um, but this is the one that hit me. Yeah. Uh, all of my relationships have failed. I stopped looking. I don't want to fail again. I feel sad. I was like, damn. Yo. Yo that's kind of, that sums it up for me. That I've been sounds like my childhood, or not childhood, but like my my whole dating, like, uh, mm -hmm. thing. I got my heart broke one time, right? Mm. Poor little me. Hitch uh, style. Yeah. Patrick Henry High School. Uh, the year was not. Let me just. <laughs> oh my God! Four score and the year of yeah. our Lord. The year was two thousand. The chronic just came out. No, just <laughs> dang. I got hurt, man, and then I had a, I had problems getting myself attached in, in in relationships after that because of the fear of it happening again. Um, I was embarrassed. I was, I was hurt. Um, uh, you know, my ego was shattered, bro. Like, uh, it, it hurt. And I was like, I never wanted this to happen again. So I, I should never get into this. And then subconsciously I started self-sabotaging relationships after that. Like when Ooh, things start, that's when that things yep. start getting, yeah. Like when things started getting like really, really serious, I'll never forget it. Um, there was a relationship that I self-sabotage, um, um, mm. Just because I felt how serious it was getting, yeah, I didn't know anything, man. All I knew was like, you know, adults divorcing, and you know, every relationship around yep. me was toxic. Uh, all the all the relationships that I seen around me, like my cousin and his girl, was toxic. My uncle and his wife were toxic. Like I didn't see any like positive um, relationships around. So I think um, the fear of messing up this beautiful woman and you know, completely getting toxic with that person just kind of had me self-sabotage it. And but you, the know. regret because you know you did it out of fear. You know you did it. But like, do the guilt and the the, the guilt, yeah. um uh, uh the the I, I have resentment towards uh, resentment against myself mm -hmm. for that. You know what I mean? Um, because you know, of course, you live in the what could have been and all of this, and you know, I feel guilty and shameful. Um. I should have been a better person. You know, my life could be completely different. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. I start going down that whole road yep. and just realizing, and you know, what my life is, like I said earlier, to start the show, my life, I'm, I'm grateful to have everything I do now. And I'm so thankful for all the people who's in my life and everything that I do have, right? I'm so grateful mm -hmm. for that. I, I, don't, I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, I'm just expressing how I feel about attachment issues and stuff with you guys. So, um, <laughs> It's okay, man. A little Steve, your wife ain't watching. Your wife ain't, you know, it's okay. It's all right, bro. She ain't watching. It's all good. Nah. 
But no, no, something, like something that you said. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's all good, man. So because something that you said stood out, like I said, when I was reading this book, like it was like, um, you know, um, relationship addicts they attach, you know, they attach themselves to others to avoid that feeling of inner pain or avoid being alone. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's relationship addicts. Exactly. Do. But if you're a relationship, even if it's erect, toxic, even if it's toxic, exactly, you gotta have yeah. it. You know, you gotta um, have it. Exactly. But as a relationship anorexic, we may isolate or conversely feel compelled to seek out groups to avoid being alone. Yes. You know, yeah. we're afraid of the possibility of being shamed or hurt or by denying natural feelings and desires for healthy, now, intimate, emotional relationships. Mm. Feel guilt. Yeah, we feel shame and hurt. Now, and so, you know, back to what I said before about me, that. me being in, in, in all of these different groups. I was like, I was with the skaters, the jocks, the blah, blah, blah. that was probably for me, the, the relatable feeling of the uh, relationship anorexia. So I would join all of these groups and be a part of all of these groups to avoid uh, being in yep. a relate. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, was, I got the squad. You know what I mean? Yep. I was in a marching band. Um, don't judge me, y'all. I was, in a mar- <laughs> I was in a marching band, hat, feather, everything. Uh, I did it all. I was in a march band, a rock and roll band. Um, I was a skater. Oh, you too. Rapper. I was in a rock band. For real. I, yeah. I played bass guitar. Yeah, I you know what killed me? Um, it just makes me mad because South Park was right. There was an episode where uh, Token, Token, he's like, yeah. Token, go get, go your, get bass. your bass. And Token was like, I don't have a bass. Just because they're playing on the all black kids have a bass. Bro. Yep. Bro. And I had one too for a brief time when I was like 15, 16. <laughs> me too. I was man, look, I was cold on that bass. Bro, bro I, I, didn't, I didn't make it much. I learned how to play a little Led Zeppelin. You know, ramble well, on I play for church. Bit, you know, but that's it. Oh, okay, you play for yeah, church. Yeah, I grew up there in a pap, pap. Yeah, man, I played yep, drums. Exactly. Uh, bass. We grew up, bro. We was like the Jackson Fives growing up. My dad did not play. Michael Lee from Gary, Indiana, bro. Yeah, no, that's he deep. Right down the street from Michael oh. Jackson. My dad from man. right down the street. Interesting. Yeah, Gary, Indiana. And you know what? Yeah. Again, sidebar people, small world. Um, yeah. When I was in college, I did PCA work. You know, helping adults with disabilities. You know, spinal cord injuries, cerebral palsy, things like that. And one of the guys, his name was Charlie. And he was from Gary, Indiana. He was a guy in his like fifties mm-hmm. and stuff. Shout out to Gary. You know, 50s, yep. And he grew up and he was a guitar player and everything like that. And he said he was in a uh, talent contest against the Jackson Five. Mm. You know, he was one of them. Like you he know, got man. folded, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He went. Yeah, he won. But yeah, he went to school with again the oldest, you know, brothers Tito and all of them. You know, I think so. my dad better than all of them, though. Yeah. Shout out hey, to my man. dad. Uh, love you, Mike. Yeah, uh, Michael Lee. I love you. Yeah, Pop. yeah, for sure, man. For sure. But um, and that's good that you can even say that because I got a lot of times um I was watching um I was watching something on FX it had on you know Ryan Reynolds and um you know Deadpool uh and uh, yeah yeah the guy from Always Sunny in Philadelphia Rob McElhaney they my wife a, watched um, that the Rexons yeah Rexon welcome to Rexon yeah welcome yeah, yeah. to Rexon but yeah. the second to last episode they did a really cool thing where they it's called like a, a romance but with the W because you know Rexon has a W in it but it really yeah. was talking about um, sports ability to bring men together like intimacy that's where we're safe to be you know intimate to like you know be affectionate to touch you know say i love that team it it was a very yeah Yeah. exactly it was a very cool episode because it was a lady you know who wrote this book about that and like the safe spaces for men to kind of express those feelings healthily wow i never thought of it like that yeah, sports was the one way. And it talked about like how yeah. many like well, guys will kiss each other, they'll like hug each other, they'll slap each other on the butt. Yeah, so excited. Yeah. Like, or in the stands, you know, fans. Hugging it That's out. You high five like it last out. night. Just we high five people. 
we don't even know. There you go, courtside. That's where men, yeah. we can hey, do yo, that. Yeah, we can yeah, touch. Dunked on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And that stuff, like, we don't, Um, and they talked about, like, because Ryan and, um, because Ryan and Rob, it's like they have a bromance, like, but it's a term yeah. that doesn't exist for women. It's called friends, but like yeah. a bromance because, you know, <laughs> they'll touch each other, they'll hug, they'll like, you know, almost like, you know, really want to be around each other. But for women, that's just normal. They're just friends. Like, could, guys, I, could I say something to that? That was deep, man. Because yeah. I can relate to that. For people, when you guys go out, it's called bowling, right? You're just going bowling. Bowling, yeah, people, yeah, yeah. People like me, uh, recovery alcoholic, we got to call it sober bowling. <laughs> hey, man, we trying to I remember you saying sober that. Sober You know what yeah. I mean? You're going to go play ball. I mean, sober ball. I remember yeah, you saying yeah. that one of the first episodes. We're about to go play some sober pickleball. People like, yo, ain't it just pickleball? Yeah, not with us. We got to mm-hmm. define that it's going to be sober, you know? Oh. But I'm all about normalizing that. And you're right. I'm all about normalizing the bromance. Just being, a, yo, that's my guy. Like, you know, we, you're right. It, it isn't the same as women. That's just her friend. That's just her girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And they can, again, hug, touch, be around each other, whatever it is. Because would you call somebody it's your boyfriend? Normal. You know no, what I mean? No, exactly. See, There's no equivalent. Hey, don't man, do that's, my, like hey, that. that's my boyfriend. <laughs> He's like, yo, that's my boyfriend, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> nope. And I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh. Yep. Hey, I, and all the ladies, y'all would look at us. Like, y'all would look at us sideways, too. The ladies would look at us hella sideways. So I'm they don't even put it like that. Yeah. Eric, you my boyfriend. You my boyfriend. Yeah, okay. I, I, tell your wife that. See how she feel. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, uh-uh. None of that download <laughs> stuff around here. You see, we can't even play like that. Oh, but that's, again, that's a whole nother episode for another oh, thing. No, but, but it kind of goes back to, again, um, again, little, the codependency. <laughs> the codependence anonymous thing, the, you know, peeling the onion. But it's um, yeah. But it's like, you know, the fear of intimacy. You know, the fear of being deeply personal. One thing that me and Danae talked about was a lot of times men, um, it's confused our need for sex with our need for intimacy. Yeah. That's what, you know, that's confused. And sometimes we feel like we can only get, you know, sex through, like, I'm sorry, intimate that intimacy, intimacy through sex. sex. Yeah, Through sex, exactly, you know. And so now all of a sudden, think about that, you know, mind F. Now, yeah. now you're nervous about your sexual performance because that's the key to the stuff that you really want, which is, you know, now there's another barrier to it even. Yeah. You know, so it's, just, it's it's deep. It's it's kind of deep stuff, man. Um, one of the things he said is like, finally, we conclude that we, that we must be a mistake. The result of toxic shame and um, is profound and painful. To avoid experiencing the deepest feelings, we develop dysfunctional patterns of behavior. We believe these feelings mm. may actually cause us to die. There's a terror of intimacy. You know, there's a real terror. Damn. You know, in that, I think one thing my my therapist said to me. Um, again talking about stuff, you know, recently being a father, going through all these emotions and stuff. And one thing he quoted, he said, um, he was quoting a poem and he said, I um, I thought I might die from a love like this. You know, caring so much, you really Man. think you could die because you care, you loved so much. Like, yeah. Well, you know, there's a fear in that, you know, of how much, you know, things do matter because it's the exact opposite of going, you know, going back to that, you know what? I'm a new kid in town. People may not like me. So what? I don't like. I don't care what people think of me. It's yeah. the exact opposite. Yep, of it. It's like, it no, is. man, you can't help but yeah. no. That matters to me more. Well, know, I can feel that too because you know, I I wanted to stay underneath the radar, but also I wanted to be recognized. You know what I mean? So it was just this conflicting 
You know, you you got these conflicting emotions in you. Yeah. you well, know? yeah, because one of the things too is said is like, um, you you can get a high from working the room at social gatherings, but this ongoing yeah. choice helps you avoid deeper relationships by moving, you know, working the room, moving around. Again, like I said, being you get into even social or gatherings or groups, you know, to yeah. not feel alone. But at the same time, a lot of times that's the easiest place to isolate. Mm. Well, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna I be born plain too. sight. Hiding in plain sight. There's been so many times where I've been in a room full of people, but um, I felt extremely lonely. You mm, know what I mean? Mm, um, say that again for the nosebleeds, boy. You know, I'm in a, a room full of people. You know, everybody talking and vibing and getting, but I just felt lonely. Uh, there's been a lot of times where I've experienced that. You know, I, spe- I experienced that, man. I remember New Year's. This is one of the rougher New Year's that I had. Um, You know, just again, Almost it's about to be New Year's again, which is crazy. But but all eleven months ago, I remember. Um, again, this is after I just found out I'm going to be a father and all this stuff. The podcast is about to launch. We'd already committed to all this stuff, and I go out to this, you know, bar, like you know, kind of make a little relationship with the local bartenders. And they was going to have a, um, a New Year's party. Yeah, and I remember it was popping in there, it was jumping in there. But when I got in there, it just felt so lonely because like, and the bartender lady was like the only one I really knew. You know, mm. it's like, dang, I am around a bunch of people, you know, here they, yeah. they all know each other and they get along. They like, you know, but I'm still so isolated. And um, yeah, one thing, you know, I spoke about with my um, my therapist, too, is that sense of loneliness. I've definitely been, you know, feeling that a lot lately. Um, a sense of loneliness, because even, you know, not having custody of my son, like he doesn't stay with me at night. So at the end of the yeah. day, like, dang, yeah, like I didn't even know there was that part of me missing or that would miss, you know, that um, wow. again, being yeah, away man. from my family, being away from. You know where I'm from, my friends and all that stuff. Got to visit. Uh, shout out to our boy Mino. We got to, I got to see him um, a couple man, weeks ago. Prayer. Me and Steve, we pulled up on him. You know, keep keep our boy Mino in your prayers, everybody. Definitely. Speaking of bromances, I love you, man. Mino, love That's you, Mino. My dog. That's um, my boyfriend. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? what? Oh, he gonna love that. Boy, That's what? my boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gonna love that, bro. So, yo, we man, can't say that. Um, <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Keep that energy. This is gonna be funny. You hear this episode, yo. When he's back, he's gonna be back soon. He's gonna update everybody. That's gonna be funny, bro. We keeping that. <laughs> Love that you, Mino. I edited that out. Yeah. That's Love right. You, they go Bino. together. They, yeah, there you go. They go together. Sorry, cover your ears, Mrs. Moore. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so man, you gotta be all off track. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Oh my bad. <laughs> but no, um. Again, being a little, you know, isolated, you know, being in a new place, new environment, yes. uh, not yep. necessarily having the relationship I thought maybe I would have or the time I, you know, thought I would have, you know, with my child and all that stuff. It's just, um, you know, trying to work through that in a healthier way instead of, you know, developing patterns of destructive behavior. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to have to, you know, pull up to your AA meetings, you know, shout out to the people, but I don't want to have yeah. to go down that road. You know, codependence yeah. anonymous, I'm learning about that. You know, I don't necessarily want to go too deep down. I, trying to catch it early because I can see myself, you know, um, doing a lot of self-soothing, self-medicating, yeah. um, you know, checking out things that I originally went to therapy for, you know, all the, all one year ago, I've been in therapy a little over a year now, you know, for me to be more present in my life. It's kind of like, you know, lately I've had to, you know, be even more conscious of that yeah. um, to, you know, be I, present because, because the things are not, aren't going necessarily the way I thought they were. It's easier for me yeah. to just check out and not feel it and just mm-hmm. say, Oh, everything's fine. Everything's like, no, to really deal with this stuff. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of strength, and to do it um, in a, a non-inebriated and intoxicated and 
very healthy way. yeah healthy way yeah, yeah. Healthy way. That, that's, yeah. The, that's the struggle man that's the challenge man so well um that's that's the every that's the daily routine that's there the daily that's the upkeep. struggle the that's daily the daily struggle. maintenance yeah. so i think um while i would use aa meetings as daily maintenance is like a form of medication um i think people who are not um necessarily a, a recovering addict or alcoholic could uh, could benefit from visiting those meetings as a, a as more of an educational or informative um meeting uh so it doesn't have to be like oh i i need to go as far as like a a, a maintaining a lifestyle or or help me mate mate uh maintain uh or doing some maintenance in your recovery program um but go to be informed and to be educated, you know, because they do have open meetings, which is open to uh, people of all kinds, but they also have closed meetings where it's just closed to people who are, are, are recovering alcoholics. And okay. Thank you for pointing that um, out. I'm pretty sure people didn't oh, yeah. know that. So, yeah. I'm very sure. I don't know if I ever hit on that. that um, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Is. Open meetings so, or closed meetings. Okay. So there's open meetings. There's closed meetings. Um, There are men's meetings and then there's like co-eds meetings. Uh, if you Google it, you can find um anything if you type in aa meetings type in aa and then your state or aa and then your city um you can get a ton of stuff to pop up um right now me and some of our partners are working on um incorporating a lot of this into uh the more awareness website um so be stay tuned for that we'll have a lot more resources and information to to pass out to people um as far as recovery goes so um, I plan on trying to help as many people as I can. Um, like I said, man, I do this out loud for those of you guys who are struggling with this in silence. Yeah, man, for sure, man. Shout out to you, man. Not all heroes wear capes. You know, some wear Some do-rags wear... and bathrobes. You know? Do-rags and bathrobes. My man out here living. <laughs> what y'all know about that? What y'all know yeah, about man. it, that man. nice house, too. Again, like I went up there visiting real quick, man. <laughs> Steve, boy. I'm telling you, this sobriety thing, there's something to it. Oh, man. Okay. You know, I can't call it. Thank God. I just want, <laughs> I just want to give all the praise to God. <laughs> Won't he do it? Won't he will. Won't he will. Man. Yeah, man. Shout out to you, man. So, yeah, man, on that note, hey, man, I hope y'all really enjoyed this episode. Um, Again, we had a little bit of fun with it. You know, got a little vulnerable. But that's, you know, that's the mix, man. Um, so, I know that's again, what y'all came here for. Thank you, Eric, once again, man. Um, I, I love this. Every time we do this, man, it makes me feel better. So I hope somebody listens to this and they they smile and, and their day is just a little bit better. For sure, for sure, man. I don't know a better way to end the show, end the show man. So, hey, on that note, until next time, y'all, peace. Peace.